0: welcome to the innovation deep end this is a podcast all about aquatic construction that means no matter what you do if you're building designing engineering supplying consulting any of those things uh, we we've got something for you i'm your host john moy and i lead the link which is aquatic construction software to help you work more efficiently and win more jobs what we do on this podcast is really go out and try and find experts in the industry from all walks of life, from every different vantage and avenue you can expect and really just ask them, what should we be doing differently? What can we be doing better? What trends are existing? And so, uh, really it's just about learning from others and collaborating. I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, this is, um, someone that's a a little bit different than uh, a lot of our our typical guests in that um, he's had quite a circuitous route to get where he is today. Um, And he spent a lot of his time working with chemicals. We get a lot of builders and a lot of suppliers working in new construction. And um, our guest today, Colby Stratman comes to us from a really strong background in chemistries and actually started um, like a lot of us um, cleaning pools in the summer and um, got his Job, got found his love for aquatics, um, just kind of getting started the old-fashioned way, rolling up his sleeves. Um, from there, he he joined a local company, kind of doing a little bit more in-depth repair maintenance on residential and eventually commercial projects. Finally, moving into uh, working for Pool Shore, which is owned by Aquasol, doing installations and maintenance of chemical controllers. Um, And from there, he went on to doing operations for and then helping launch a new swim school. Um, And and ultimately, and most recently, Colby was with hardware and software startup Fin, uh, which was recently acquired by Hayward, um, helping uh, residential homeowners keep control and monitor their chemical balances. So Colby's been all over the place, all over the map, um, had his hands in a lot of different Varieties of roles. Um, first of all, thank you for being here. We really appreciate
1: your time. Oh, yeah. No, thanks, John. Happy to be here. And um, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there with the intro. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to do a lot of different things in the industry. Um, it's been great. It's really helped expose me to, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, aspects, whether it's, you know, just the maintenance side of it, the cleaning mm-hmm. side, you know, the, the water, the specialty water chemistry stuff, chemical feed controllers. I got to be a part of you know, some large commercial projects that were going on, um, speccing in chemical feed equipment. So I got to see some large commercial projects, um, some residential builds. So I really have been lucky to be exposed to a lot of different uh, sides of the industry, which is great. Um, especially, you know, being someone who's kind of younger, still younger in the industry, um, you know, getting to learn so many different sides of it at a kind of a younger age and being able to do a lot of different things has been, you know, it's helped me build a lot of connections and just, you um, learn a lot of different things from different people in the industry, so.
0: Yeah, well, today we're hoping to learn a little bit from you. And uh, I'm gonna jump right into it because when the roles that you've had, you know, starting off kind of doing mostly residential and then starting to dabble in commercial, um, spending some time with a commercially focused uh, maintenance and operating company, kind of most recently getting back into residential a little bit, you've seen the gamut of, of what's happening on both sides. And a lot of our listeners, they do residential and commercial construction. They do both, mm-hmm. um, but from your from your viewpoint, especially you know as it relates to chemical balancing and controlling and maintenance, what are some of the biggest differences that you're that, that are that you don't think most people are really familiar with or aware of that you that you kind of can bring to the table?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with commercial, um, especially when it comes to you know chemical feed equipment. Um, you know, vastly different from the residential side of the business. Um, obviously, you know, you know, commercial projects are you know much larger, more complex, a um, lot more moving parts, much longer cycle on jobs. Um, mm-hmm. There's you know, obviously a lot of uh, higher end feed equipment involved. And on the commercial side, it's very common to see you know a high end controller that's monitoring, you know, chlorine, pH. Um, there's some higher end systems out there like control systems that. Even monitor calcium hardness, alkalinity. Uh, so it's very common to see you know c- complex chemical feed systems, you know larger chemical pumps. Um, and like one of the things uh, that you know like Poolshare brought to the table with their offering, kind of as a water management program, was having an online portal where you know operators could constantly see the the current readings in their pool um, mm-hmm. from you know a software portal side where they could look it up and see the current ORP, the current pH, and even if they weren't on property, they weren't at the pool, you know, they could see exactly what was going on with that particular body of water. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and that's pretty common on the commercial side, especially for a larger facility, especially when you're talking water parks, uh, you know, competitive pool sort of thing. And residential, obviously, is a totally different thing. You know, residential, um, the majority of your customers out there are still using, you know, tablet feeders and, um, you know, doing things manually, you know, pool companies or, throwing tablets in, they're, you know, socking with Cal Hypo. Um, there's really not a lot of automated um, systems out there yet. I think, you know, salt is getting more popular. Um, you're getting better, you know, salt generators out there that help kind of automate that process. Um, um, but you're, you're still not really seeing um, the chemical controller thing kind of take hold in the residential market. And I think a lot of that's because it's just, um, you know, the jobs aren't, you know, complex enough. There's, you know, obviously a much lower cost to building a a residential pool, and it doesn't really make sense to, to you know, spec a three thousand or five thousand dollar chemical controller on a residential pool that you know someone's maybe paying twenty five to thirty thousand dollars for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a lot more sense for the you know just manual application of chemicals, and um, the technology just really hasn't gotten there yet with chemical feed on the residential side. Um, and that was actually a big reason that I joined Finn, um you know, back in twenty nineteen, was because they were kind of bringing. A new technology to the market that nobody had really seen you know it was a, a wireless monitor that automatically measured chlorine uh ph and water temperature um, and sent that information directly to the customer's phone uh, and also to a software portal that could be accessed by a technician or um, anybody who's servicing a pool uh, and that kind of really opened things up because you had a situation where any pool could be remotely monitored uh, from a phone app and you could see see exactly what was going on with the pool it would give you automatic dosing instructions for chemicals and um it just really kind of opened things up for uh you know for residential pools and kind of brought the smart home and kind of iot side of things um -hmm. the pool industry which um you know that really hasn't taken off on the residential side yet um you know typically i would say a big difference with commercial residential also is you know when you have new technologies coming to the the industry i think a lot of times you see those on the commercial side first um until you know the some of these new technologies get kind of more refined and the cost comes down and it makes more sense to bring it to the residential side Mm. Uh, but with finn you know it was a product that was specifically focused on smart home you know direct to consumer so kind of something different for the industry
0: yeah so with the going going to that that was a lot so I'm trying to, try to unpack a couple couple pieces at, at a time the the first thing you said was with poolshore they offered a, an online portal for for customers so anybody who's a facility manager operator is able to get in and see okay here's our chemical levels this is what we need to do and they're going to the controllers on their facility and you know use it you know they're not they're not using the old-school tablet feeders they've, they've got their their high-end equipment that they can adjust,
1: um, yeah, no, fairly definitely. easily.
0: Now, I, what's your what's your impression on how many? You know, this is gonna. I'm just gonna ask you for a ballpark here. There's a lot of facilities out there around the country right now. Um, how many how many facilities are using remote monitoring or even just electronic monitoring of their chemicals? Would you say?
1: Um, you know, it's becoming it's becoming more and more popular. It's becoming a bigger thing. I think a lot of facilities are, um, you know, starting to change over. And I think it depends on what kind of vertical you're talking about. I would say for more higher end pools like competition pools and water parks and, you know, things that are so focused on you know recreation, large aquatic facilities, you know, probably 75, 80 percent of those of those people are using, um, you know, an automated chemical system with some type of remote monitoring. Um, i think I, I know a lot of them have chemical controllers for sure i think mm-hmm. a lot of them don't have the um the software side though the monitoring aspect um so i would say that you know a high percentage of them have the systems but not a very high percentage you know when we're talking the software aspect of it i mean it might be 50 percent, could be less uh because you know that's still kind of an emerging technology um a lot of operators are still know coming in the pump room every day to look at the controller, write down the readings, um, taking a test kit reading every few hours um, and comparing that up against the results of their controller. Um, But a lot of them I don't think are you know into the software side yet. Um, You know, has been doing a lot of that. They're they're big on the Gulf Coast. Um, There's another company kind of out to the west, California and surrounding area, uh, called Vivo Aquatics, and they do something similar. You know, they offer full remote management, uh, they offer the equipment installation plus the monitoring side. Um, and they. They're, I've even heard that they've advanced their software to where they can have customers see things like if water is leaking, you know, leak detection mm-hmm. or sort of things. So I think more companies are trying to get, you know, facilities to use the, the software side of things, you know, with the remote monitoring. And um, that's going to be something that's going to become more and more common over the years. So I think the key really is the innovation with um, the software platforms, you know, and getting that, um, you know, across more facilities. And, certain verticals i would say like multi-family and some of those places that uh, you know they're they're probably almost at zero percent utilizing this kind of technology because sometimes the pool is kind of an afterthought and you know the it doesn't make a lot of sense for them yet to invest in you know that type of program but i know like mm-hmm. uh, one of their aims was to kind of make that a lot more mainstream for it to become more affordable yeah. as, you know, yeah. you would pay a monthly fee for a water management program and you would get everything you know the equipment you would get the the wireless monitoring the portal. So yeah. I think it's become more common.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I believe, um, at Vivo aquatics is I think trying to start going downstream, um, and go after some of those HOA multifamily facilities. Um, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see where that intersection between something like fin that's, con, that's consumer first versus, you know, some of the more advanced technologies, like what you got from pool, pool shore and from, Aquatics, where where they'll start kind of intersecting and competing with one another because right now i don't i don't think that's the case
1: yeah definitely it's it's, it's it is interesting because it's two diff, totally different things you know one mm-hmm. of them you're talking you know um a three to five thousand dollar controller um you know i would say mm-hmm. a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month for a monitoring service whereas you know finn you're talking a 349 dollar monitor with a a free monitoring service as long as somebody's a subscriber uh, to yeah. the service. So mm-hmm. two completely different things. And I know um, there are some plans with Finn and other similar type products that are coming to the market about an inline monitor and how that might uh, factor into mm-hmm. you know commercial applications and that sort of thing. But I think it's probably years away from, mm-hmm. from kind of getting to that point, becoming a player in the commercial side. So um, but I think you're gonna start seeing with people like Vivo and Poolshare and other companies, you're gonna start seeing a lot more, I think, innovation on the commercial side. Um, to where, you know, this whole remote monitoring thing for commercial properties um, is going to be huge specifically for water parks, um, commercial, uh, competitive aquatic facilities and probably, uh, resorts and those type of things too, you know, large resorts and, and those people. So,
0: Where's the big with, with where things are today, where's the biggest room for improvement? Like what's, where's the opportunity, where is it going to go from here in that regard for, for those, let's, let's keep in mind the, the big water parks, those who are willing to spend the money, it's worth it to them. They've got to, they have to use the remote monitoring. They have to use this, this technology and these complex controllers. What's the next, the next big thing, the next big innovation that's going to come on the scene for them?
1: Yeah. um, It's a good question. You know, I think, I think just more innovation first off with the uh, you know, with the whole water management software thing where, you know they can monitor you know every body of water maybe have like um you know right now i think some of the process is still manual and that they have to get on their computer they have to log into a portal you know scroll down view a list um you know they get email notifications if something's going wrong at one of the one of the bodies of water but i kind of envision like kind of maybe like a phone app where they can go in and just immediately have eyes on everybody in the water park you know see the current status mm-hmm. uh Get real-time notifications exactly when something happens. You know, say like an operator, they could be at lunch and they get a notification on their phone saying, you know, hey, the lazy river has dropped, you know, 200 ORP, and they could immediately have somebody respond to that, um, as opposed to um, you know having multiple bodies of water tested or having to go to their office, sit through and scroll through a portal, and um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going through that manual process of still having to look through those things. Uh, So I would say just, you know, some innovation with the software, more kind of automation um, and, you know, just total visibility of everything going on in their facility. Um, And then also just other aspects, like I mentioned, uh, Vivo Aquatics now is doing a water sensor where their customers get a notification about leaks. You know, what other things uh, can we tie into that? You know, can they get a notification that says, um, hey, the circulation pump, you know, went down, um, which... I think, you know, PoolShare was doing some stuff with that, with, you know, every controller had a pressure switch built in. Um, and I believe that they, you know, sent off an email notification when there was no flow to the system. Um, so just coming up with other ways of, you know, how, how do we tell a customer if the pump's down, maybe the filter needs to be backwashed, how can we tie all that in together where they get full visibility, kind of remote monitoring of every aspect of their pool, and they get that instantly when something goes wrong. Um, and that's, you know, I think that was a focus, one of the focuses for the Fin, uh, team too, is trying to just brainstorm on ways of, you know, how, aside from, you know, learning the customer about chemical problems, how can we tell them about other things? How can we provide recommendations on their pool beyond just, you know, adding chemicals and yeah. just really automating things for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, making, making access to important data very easy and very intuitive.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be the key is just, you know, um, as far as the innovation goes and new things that come to the market, I mean, just, you know, data sharing where everybody can see, you know, um, any type of data they need to see, whether it's, you know, somebody who's, you know, wanting to see the current status of everything at their water park, you know, being able to go in and see all of that data all in one place, Mm -hmm. um, seeing exactly what needs to to happen, what needs to be done. Um, You know, maybe it's a customer who's, you know, um, maybe there's a customer who's, you know, they have a company taking care of their facility and you know, that customer being able to look in and see the exact status of the pool, what's being done. Um, so really everybody having visibility on that da- data and also that data, you know, um, being able to be shared by everybody, whether it's mm-hmm. a customer, um, a service person, a builder, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's kind of Yeah, well, we we
0: talk. It's it's fun to talk about the innovation that exists now, the stuff that's that's on the forefront and stuff that might might come tomorrow. Uh, we're not known as being an industry that uh, is on the leading edge of on the bleeding edge of anything. Uh, we're not we're not typically known as innovators. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I I I like to say that I'm on a mission to change that, um, and I know that there's plenty, there's absolutely a, a whole lot of um, great folks in aquatics who are innovators and doing really great stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of builders. There's a lot of operators. There's a lot of engineers. There's a lot of everybody from every facet that is really, you know, not necessary that's that are, we're skeptical of new things. You know, the, the stuff that we do with chemicals, with pumps, uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of risks. And so innovation is typically slow. So how, um, my, my question after my kind of really long preface here about innovation is how do we, as, as folks kind of promoting innovation, how do we help usher that in and, and help steer adoption?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, I kind of feel the same way, especially, um, you know, being somebody younger in the industry, um, you know, I'm pretty passionate about bringing new innovation and new technology to it, um. Yeah, I don't think there's been enough of it in the industry, um, aside from your typical, you know, you know, upgrades to filtration and pumps and you know, new products and all that stuff. Um, that's all great, but there hasn't been a lot brought to the industry that's really, you know, made major changes. Um, and you know, a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of new technology in the past few years. And um, you know, now I'm kind of starting to get excited because I'm seeing um, things like smart home devices, you know, IoT becoming a, a bigger Conversation in the pool industry, um, and also new, you know, software solutions, and um, just a lot of different things going on. It's really exciting, and you know, mm-hmm. I, think, I think part of it is just you know educating uh, a lot of people in the industry on not only what's out there, um, but also how they can use it to really just you know improve their business and help drive efficiencies and that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of great people in this industry, and there is a lot of guys that um, you know keep a pulse on the new innovations and how that can work for their business. But, um, you know, people in the industry are busy people. I mean, you talk about, you know, construction managers, project managers, um, you know, service tech, service managers. I mean, you know, these guys are out in the field, you know, sometimes 10 plus hours a day trying to get their routes, their pools done, um, trying to get projects done. You know, they may be out until, you know, who knows, eight at night trying to get stuff done. Uh, and these guys, you know, a lot of times they're, they're not able to sit. They're not sitting at a computer all day you know, being able to, you know, constantly look at new products and see what's out there. Um, I think a lot of times it takes somebody coming in to say, you know, hey, you really need to check out this new technology. Um, You know, I think it's going to help your business in this way. Um, So just really getting out there, getting it in front of people, educating people on it. Um, You know, when I was at Finn, that was kind of a a big thing. On What I was trying to do was just get the, the information about the product and, you know, letting people know that this technology was out there and that, you know, talking with the service manager and letting them know, hey, you know, uh, you can put one of these in each one of your pools and you can monitor 50 pools remotely, you know, and this is something that you never really been able to do in the industry. Um, and a lot of times the, the feedback that I get was, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, you know, people had never heard of the product or they didn't know that, um, you know, that there, there was this kind of technology kind of coming out. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a matter of just, you know, getting in front of people, um, educating the industry. Um, and I think the more, you know, people like us that are out there, um, you know, educating people on what kind of new technologies are coming to the to the industry, um, the more you'll see people kind of have that eye-opening moment where they're like, oh, I can really use this to change the way I do business and kind of to drive efficiency across my team. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people jumping on it at that point, so. Yeah. Okay.
0: So let me ask you a question based on what you just said, is um, the... The slow adoption of, of innovation that that I saw you nodding your head. We're, we're recording this uh, or we're on a Zoom call, even though this is an audio podcast. I saw you nodding your head when I was talking about the slowness of, of innovation and adoption. What I heard from you is it's really about awareness. And there's be, and we, we know that anybody in this industry is pulling in 12, 14-hour days and just there, there's no time. Uh, we are, we're a busy people and, and so, yeah, I, I get that. Like there's what you're saying is there's just, there's not time enough in the, in the day and the week to learn about new products and an issue of awareness. So my question is, is it awareness or is it trustworthiness of this is new and I've got my old system and I know that this works and that's new and I'm not sure if I can trust it. Which one's bigger? Is it awareness or is it trust?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've asked myself that same thing. Um, and I, I, think it's, I think it's a, uh, you know, I think it's a matter of both really, um, awareness is a big part of it, but, um, I do think that, you know, a lot of companies have been doing things a certain way for a long period of time. You know, this industry has done things the same way. Uh, especially if you look at like pool cleaning, um, you know, it's been done the same way for years and years and years. Um, and you know, guys are used to doing things a certain way and that's the way it's always been done. And, um, I, sometimes I think a lot of, you know, like. I think back to when, you know, like the automatic pool cleaners came out, like the Polaris, you know, um, a lot of guys at that time thought, oh, yeah, this is going to put pool cleaners out of business because this is an automatic pool cleaner. And now it's funny, you go to, you know, houses that are maintained by um, pool companies and every single one of them has a Polaris in there because um, it helps keep the pool clean and keep debris off the floor in between pool visits. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a, a common kind of objection that we had with Finn too was, well, hey, if this thing can automatically monitor chemicals, um, you know, is this going to put my pool text yeah. out? Of, it's the same thing. You know, it's you know I would always tell them like, you know, this is actually a tool that you can use for remotely monitor your pools. You know, mm-hmm. you can give your customers access to see how their pool is going. Like, at the end of the day, they're still going to need your expertise. They're still going to need you know you out there adding chemicals to the pool. Um, it's just a tool for you to you know drive efficiency in your business and also give your customers insight that they may have never had before because they can see you know consistently how their pool is doing on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, I think it is definitely a kind of a trust thing with new technology also. Um, but I think once, you know, some of these guys are exposed to it, um, uh, some of these companies and can see that how it can work for their business, um, then, you know, it's all going to kind of open up from there. So, um, I, I think it's definitely a combination of both. It's about getting it in front of people and then showing them that, Hey, this technology is not working against you. It's here to work for you. Um, and you know just kind of having people see that yeah cool
0: great well this has been really uh really informative uh, colby thanks a ton Uh, i'll end with with one question uh just to um you've worked on hundreds of facilities at this point in your career with hundreds Mm -hmm. of different builders is there any one facility that stands out as but from a design and a um, operational standpoint, it was like they had everything was done right. And they had everything, you know, everything was scheduled. They knew their, They knew what had to be done, when it had to be done. And this is like the pinnacle of not just the operations were good, but the design of the facility itself was so much thought and care was given to where the pump room was and where the controller was and all, you know, all of those things. What's the... What's your favorite ideal
1: facility? I would say, you know, typically the most impressive, you know, kind of work I saw on pump rooms and construction, that sort of thing was typically a lot of times with, you know, competitive swimming pools, I'm talking, Mm -hmm. you know, competition pools, natatoriums, um, and then also water parks, I would say, you know, those are Mm -hmm. two, you know, types of facilities that um, you really, you know, from a commercial standpoint, you really see some impressive stuff. Um, you know, I did, I did see a few projects done in Texas on some, you know, competitions, some really large commercial pools um, and, you know, just really great design on the pump rooms, you know, just perfectly designed in a way that it made it easy for everyone, whether you're talking somebody servicing the pool or the operator themselves, um, just made it very easy. I think that's a big, a big part of it, you know, when you're kind of designing and building a project is, you know, someone has to service this pool later, an operator has to take care of it on a daily basis. Um, and you know, a lot of companies, um, that are building on the right way, you know, are designing, uh, the pump room in a way that, you know, is going to make the pool easy to service for its lifetime. Um, and yeah, so I would say competition pools and I definitely saw some impressive builds on some newer water parks too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, those jobs are challenging though. I would say mm-hmm. you nobody's know, perfect. Um, I was part of the construction process on a few different large projects and, um, you know, there's always some major um, issues that go on at some point, some major pitfalls. Um, I, you know, personally, I think that, you know, for large complex projects like those, you know, mm-hmm. communicating and collaboration between everybody um, could always be, you know, improved mm-hmm. um, these are just large complex projects that could take, you know, multiple years from design to, you know, build. So, um, you know, just, you know, always there's always some improvements to be had for sure in that aspect of you know just major projects having everybody on the same page from design to build standpoint and uh, mm-hmm. you know um, you know just creating a project that serves everybody in the end. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I I wholeheartedly agree with with you that. Um, well, first of all, I think two two points that I'll take away and uh, and, and on these notes that uh, if you want to see how. Really thoughtful design is orchestrated on um, as it relates to somebody has to maintain, operate, replace, repair, whatever, work on this equipment, access it. You go to some of the massive water parks and you you tour some of those, you look at some of the competition pools and you're going to see some really great thoughts. And, you know, we, um, we at the link, we, we work with top designers. So we see this time and time again, um, and the the amount of thoughtfulness that goes into well we can't put this here because you can't get around to the back and we know that the panel's back there you've got to be able to you know you've got to turn the whatever you know whatever controller in this direction or you've got to you know the the headroom's not big enough what there's all kinds of considerations that to your point these massive projects goes into it Um, and that's certainly you know that's that's all seg into um oh i'm sorry i missed my point number two um, which it escaped me. So it doesn't matter anyway, but um, you know, that's what the link is all about. Um, so this is a quick plug for our product. We want um, better collaboration and communication across projects and we help um, on these really massive projects. Um, we provide a great deal of assistance in helping engineers, designers, and builders work together along with suppliers. Um, so if you want to check us out, we're at the link, dot i o. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got something interesting to tell us, you're like Colby, you've got some great experience, some great insights to share. Um, send me a note. I'm John at the link.io. And if you have any questions for Colby, Colby, um, I'm sure you don't mind us sharing your email address. We'll put it in the show notes. How should people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and what's your email?
1: Um, that's going to be um, colbystratman.23 at gmail.com.
0: Beautiful um and otherwise um thanks for being on the show thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next one bye-bye